It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 p.m. And it is time for episode 197 of the Ron and Brian podcast. This is Ron, joined, as always, uh, by the man of the hour, Brian. Brian, how are you this evening, sir? Uh, I think we're going to be all right. I think we're going to uh, knock out episode 197. I think that the uh, the critics may not like some of the things that are said. Um, some of the uh, people who have some sensitivities could be offended. Um, but most importantly, you and I, uh, in the next hour, will once again prove to be triumphant. All right. I am looking forward to it. So let's get right into it then with our drink of the week. Drink of the week. Nostrovia. Salud. Drink of the week. Pleasure. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. All right, Brian, what are you drinking this week? From our good friends. Our good friends. Our Very great good. good friends or great friends? Very good I, friends. I call them right? great. Oslo Brewings, Nordic Pilsner. Look at this crisp Scandinavian beer. Look at that beautiful Ooh. color. Look at that shine. The Nordic Pilsner is a taste of Oslo. It's a Pilsner perfect for every occasion. Appearance, bright golden with a creamy white head. Aroma, fragrant, floral, and herbal. The flavor, crisp. Grain flavor with mild citrus and grass. Bitterness light. Alcohol content 4.7. Ingredients mm. water, malt, and yeast. Hops, saz, bakatu, and cascade. I'm going to tell you something around this Oslo Brewing Nordic Pilsner. It's going to go down very fast. All right. Take a sip. Let us know how you like it. It's a nice lighter beer for the for the evening for you. You know me. I'm a sucker for a Pilsner. Would like go. it to be a little crisper. Okay. It's not as crispy as I would like my Pilsners to be, but it's damn fine. And I'm just glad I'm out of the IPA phase. You, you are out of the IPAs and uh, I think we yeah. are all better for it. Ron, yeah. what type of beverage have you brought to the table? So uh, one that I've had before, but I, it's, it's, uh, it's seasonal. I managed to pick some up. Um, it is from the good people at Cape May Brewing. Uh, it is their Ties the Room Together White Cream Stout. Uh, brewed with coffee beans, cocoa nibs, vanilla, and yes, Brian, lactose. Of course, it's got the lactose and it's unfiltered. Um, they, uh, they they tell you to, you know, uh, keep it cold, which I did. Um, it's got, the, uh, again, it's a white stout, so it's not uh, not your dark stout. Coming in at 8.5%, it's a classic, Brian. Take a deep sip. Oh, just as good as I remember it. Creamy, uh, vanilla-y, and yes, you can taste the lactose, Brian. Now, isn't the creaminess coming from the lactose? Um, it's coming from the lactose, yes, and, and somewhat from the vanilla as well. Uh, mm. It's it's partnering to give you quite the taste sensation. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> what All is right. the uh, what is the alcohol content on that again? That is 8.5%. Um, so, yes, it is going to be a good evening. Um, Ron is going to be enjoying himself. 
As, Do you have two of those for tonight um, or just one? I've got, I mean, I've got more in the fridge, so we will see uh, what I drink after dark. Because what we, because, because I know if you're rocking anything above seven and a half percent ABV, I know our after dark is going to be lit. That's because right. Because when you, when you've got that alcohol run through your blood, <laughs> secrets start to spill. There you go. Uh, but in the meantime, let's keep uh, this podcast rolling along with Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? This week there were wars. This week there were deaths. This week... There were crimes committed. But what is the thing that has upset me the most of all? Daylight savings time. I've had it up to here with this nonsense. Why? Why must we every year turn our clocks back, turn them forward? Who gives a shit? I just, I absolutely hate the week leading up to it because all day long in the office, half the people you know are like, don't forget to set your clocks ahead this Saturday. <laughs> and then in October, oh, don't forget to set your clocks back. We get another hour. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Um, all joking aside, uh, the fact that I put my key in the door and um, uh, I, I'm looking at 18 different clocks that all need to be changed. For what? <laughs> I, I no, literally... That literally is my beef of the week. The daylight savings time, time change for absolutely no reason. I've had enough. It's almost as upsetting as the fact that you placed another grocery delivery from Walmart, which I'm <laughs> expecting to be your beef of the week. Um, well, it's amazing. Uh, this happens uh, very randomly because you and I do not discuss our beefs of the week prior to the episode. Never. But we once again have the same beef of the week. I too uh, am just done with this daylight savings time. Uh, no reason that it exists still whatsoever. It started in 1918 as a way to conserve energy uh, during World War One. I. I think we're a little bit past that. Um, I think uh, what 12 states have passed laws trying to uh, er eradicate it. Uh, what is it? Hawaii and parts of Arizona don't acknowledge it. Uh, and the springing forward part just is annoying as hell because I lost I lost an hour out of my day. Yes. And to your point, I don't have 18 clocks that need to be changed, but I had a good number of clocks that needed to be changed. I actually had about three. All right. So I, mean, <laughs> I have been known slightly slightly i have been known to um exaggerate which is fine that's why we love you thank you um can we take a moment to talk about and and to raise our glass for a toast to paisley uh we certainly can Would those that be of you right? that, uh, that follow us on social media uh may have seen our post paisley our uh, podcast mascot uh left us on friday night um very quick illness last week very surprising um you know did not want to prolong the suffering um so uh made the tough decision um to uh to put her down on friday night so she was with us for about four years she was a senior rescue 
um, and just an overall great dog. Um, it is a very, very empty home here at the, uh, the Ron and Brian compound right now. So yes, let us toast to Paisley, if you will. A little clink here, Brian. Come on, clink it, clink it up. <laughs> oh, we're so good with the, with the video. Even you liked Paisley, Brian. I loved Paisley. Um, Paisley was the kind of dog that would uh, run up to you and then just as you were about to touch her on the back, would start uh, uh, running around in circles. <laughs> um, a face that only a mother could love. And her mother did love her face very much. Yes. Um, uh, I like to think that I know your wife fairly well. And uh, it was, uh, it always was a, uh, a warming, uh, a warming feeling when I would walk into your home with your wife and you, just most of the time you were around, you know, those yeah. couple of times you were away on business trips, it was a little different. Um, but watching your face, your wife's face light up as soon as she saw that dog. Like it wasn't a, oh, hey dog. It wasn't, oh, Paisley. Like she lit up. Paisley, like she had that effect on her. Um, and uh, uh, just really just a cute dog. Even uh, this, this last time, this past weekend, just to give you an idea on how fast this thing came down, um, I was there a week ago, and uh, she seemed perfectly healthy, perfectly fine. Let me, uh, uh, for one of the, you know, just one of the few times, let me pick her up and walk her around the house while holding her. And she just sat there um, licking air, as she uh, liked to do. <laughs> as she does, yeah. She Absolutely. Was very had a very a lot of a lot of uh, personality quirks. Yeah, uh, my wife loved that dog. Like I loved, yes. her, but she loved that dog. Like they she were, loved that dog. Yeah, they were they were partners in crime, and she is just absolutely gutted right now. So it was yes. as difficult it is, you know, losing a pet. It's that much more difficult, you know, watching her going through yeah. losing literally her best friend. Like all right, yes, yeah. I'm her, I'm her I'm her technically best friend, but she was probably more in love with the talk with me. Well, I think, I mean, you were her best human friend. Right. And I think the thing that she liked the most about Paisley was that Paisley would listen <laughs> and Paisley would not try to um, uh, inform her of what she had done wrong or um, let her know a logical, rational um, solution to the problem that, that your wife was complaining about. You like to go that route. Paisley would just sit there with the sympathetic an empathetic ear and um, listen to you, you know, the, the, the peaks and valleys of your wife's life. And she was along for the ride at all right. times. Paisley was not a mansplainer. Uh, you can say many things, but she was not that. So this is true. Have, you, you may Paisley, have something there. Yeah. Paisley understood that there were times when a woman just needs to talk and get things out rather than um, uh, requiring um, somebody to tell her um, what the solution was. All right. And uh, that is why Paisley, the very first induction, Ron and I held the vote yesterday. Paisley has been inducted into the Ron and Brian podcast Hall of Fame for Mascots. Yes. The very first inductee. She will always uh, uh, be number one on our podcast mascot. Um, you know, we will have more mascots coming up in the future. None of them will be uh, 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 in Hall of Fame inductee number one. That right. will always be Paisley. It'll be it'll be legendary. She well, will be missed. She will be missed. So uh, thank you to everyone that has uh, passed along your uh, your thoughts and and sentiments, and it is much appreciated. 
Uh, And I I will also say this to you, Ron. I know it's too soon to say, which is exactly why I'm going to say this right now, but I look forward to your next dog. Uh, I will tell you that we are probably not that far away from the next dog. That makes me very happy. I would hate to hear that you guys are going to mourn Paisley's loss and um, not open up your home to another dog. I would say this. Paisley, Paisley would want you to move on. If we were if we were not going on vacation at the uh, end of this week, I would say we would probably have one by the end of the week. But I have at least secured uh, a promise that we will we will wait until we get back from vacation to uh, look. Is to she adopt. already looking? Oh, of course, of course. That's why I love your wife. That's <laughs> what I love about your wife. So, um, we are having a bit of a throwback tonight, Brian. We haven't done this week in racism um, in a while. We did retire that bit. Uh, but there was a story that we covered last year that had a, uh, a conclusion, um, and we did want to cover that. So real quick, we're having a Racism Rewind. Racism Rewind. Glad I didn't throw away those sound effects. Um, so last year, we talked about Corey Pujols. Uh, he was a Dunkin' Donuts employee in Tampa, Florida. Uh, he was accused of uh, punching a customer who used a racial slur against him. Um, the customer, Vanel Cook, uh, who was white, had gone through the drive through to order coffee and was angry over the lack of service. Um, he started to yell at them uh, in the drive through Then he went into the store to yell at them more. Um, at one point, uh, Pujols, uh, who is black, asked Cook to leave, and police said Cook called him a racial slur. Um, Pujols walked around the counter, asked Cook not to call him that slur again, but Cook did. So Pujols punched him in the jaw, uh, knocked him down, and Cook hit his head on the floor uh, and t- was taken to the hospital and died three days later, uh, an autopsy showing that he died from a skull fracture and brain contusions. Uh, that case has uh, has run its course, and uh, now uh, he has uh, pled guilty to a felony battery, and uh, he was uh, sentenced to complete 200 hours of community service, attend an anger management course, and he will be under house arrest for two years. Uh, fair sentence, Brian? Are you good with that? Um, in a way, no. Really? Um, yeah. In a way, I feel like we need to um, send a message to people that... Um, uh, acting inappropriately towards retail employees is unacceptable. And that simply because somebody works at a Dunkin' Donuts does not give you as the customer um, free license to treat them poorly. Uh, I kind of feel like two years of house arrest is a lot. Um, there's not much this kid's going to be able to do. Um, so uh, I would have, I probably would have gone with six months. Okay. You know, I'm not saying that it is okay to punch somebody in the face, causing them to fall, fracture their skull, and die three days later. But when the other person is so um, out of the uh, line of acceptableness in terms of behavior, um, I do believe that, especially since uh, we have a uh, you know a, a distinct lack of decorum that uh, we have slid towards. I think there's got to be some uh, uh, some steps that, that remind people to think twice before they start crossing the line in terms of their behavior in public. All right. I'm going to add this little uh, little tidbit on. Uh, the victim uh, was also a registered sex offender. 
Von L. Cook was a registered sex so, offender. Not only was he a racist, but apparently he was a uh, convicted sex offender also. Do they know what kind of sex offender he was? Uh, it does not say. It does Can not I give qu- the specifics of it. Uh, but anyway, Pujols had initially. Because at that point, I'm willing to go down. Um, well, obviously, <laughs> Von L. Cook was willing to go down quite a bit. Um but, uh, oh, hold on. It says right here. Oh, I've got his address. Oh, abusive child, um, uh, sexual performance by a child. Uh, this happened in April of 2008. Scratch that unlawful sexual activity with minors. Scratch everything I said about Von L. Cook. Uh, this kid should walk skate free. Right. He knocked out somebody Oh, Janelle, that's really inappropriate considering. Yikes. A creamy saying. white head. Von L. Cook was a man, and I'm sure when he cracked his skull, there was some foaming of brain matter leaking out of his skull. But that's not right to say a creamy white head. That's, that's well, anyway, awful. at least he's not doing jail time, which I, I think is uh, is appropriate in this case. So uh, people take uh, pay, take note. Uh, retail employees uh, can potentially kill you and not go to prison. Yeah. Yeah, don't throw well, don't throw your soda at at the uh, at the person working at Chipotle because you put too much ice in it. Come on, come on, exactly. Come on. Um, so what uh, what's news this week? Oh, coming out earlier today, Brian, former President Barack Obama uh, testing positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, Michelle testing negative. Um, oh, I come feel- on, Johanna, that's not funny. That's I- not funny. I feel, um, you know, President Trump, and he is still our president. I think we all acknowledge that. Um, He's absolutely still in power from Mar-a-Lago. He got COVID first. And this is, again, um, just an example of Obama showing how much he wants to try to be Trump. Well, I hate to say this, and I know that you and I have, we don't see eye to eye on it when it comes to this subject. Right. However, I'm saying that if two years into a pandemic, you're finally getting the disease for the first time, you've done something terribly wrong. <laughs> we all know that the cool kids, the people that are doing a pandemic properly, they go out there and get the first wave of the disease. They then build natural antibodies that, that make them impermeable for months. Then they go out and they get the top of the line gold standard vaccine. And then they go out and get a second shot of that gold standard. Then they go out and get a third shot of that gold standard. Then they somehow bring it home uh, and spread it to family members. And then following up a month later when they actually contract it again. That's how you do a fucking pandemic, my friend. And Barack (laughs) Obama should be ashamed of himself that two years into the pandemic for the first time, He's testing positive. Shame on, hold on, let me wag this finger some more. Shame (laughs) on you, Barack Obama, for for waiting so long to contract COVID. Um, All joking aside, I hope he's fine. I hope his symptoms are incredibly mild. Nobody else in his family gets it. And um, in five days, based on the CDC current guidelines, he can reenter society so long as he is wearing a mask while in public. There you go. Um, speaking of COVID, uh, the uh, CEO of Pfizer uh, mentioned today that to help fend off another wave of COVID-19, people will need a fourth dose of the vaccine. Uh, and he also mentioned that they are working on an upgrade to the uh, the vaccine, which would uh, allow 
uh, people to handle all variants. Brian, you are the COVID variant collector. I mean, you had the OG COVID, you had Delta, you had Omicron. I did not have Delta. No, I skipped Delta. No, 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 no. I came back somehow. I this is this will be a story one day later on. How does somebody test positive for Omicron in December and then get it again at the end of January? That's a good question. I'm still coughing. I still have a cough from Dece- from uh, uh, from end of January that so I cannot you got kind of kind of the long haul COVID. I think I would I would say that if if this is my version of long haul, I'm fairly lucky. I mean, there are people who are still struggling to walk and and can't breathe. Um, children are developing receptors for the first time. I mean, it's it, this is this is a wild disease. It is. It's crazy. Uh, one thing we do want to mention: we have uh, we have retired uh, dead anti-vaxer of the week. Uh, number one, because we have obviously defeated the pandemic. Um, life is back to normal. Uh, but again, it was just getting too morbid. Brian, can you indulge me? I would like to play the intro one more time because it's one of my better ones. My God, play it. (laughs) Dead anti-vaxxer of the week. I'm going to say this. Yes. Take out the cough. Right. I think it's a solid 6.5, almost. A, I would maybe probably a 6.75. Add the cough and it shoots up to a solid 10 <laughs> of 10. Thank the you. Or just make it genius. Thank you. Uh, but we, we will be replacing that bit uh, with a new bit uh, called Dead Russian Soldier of the Week. We will be rolling that back um, at the end of the month. Uh, when I get back from vacation, but something for you to mark on your calendar and get excited about. Brian, I know this is the thing. I am very excited. I think there's one thing that, you know, uh, uh, the Ron and Brian universe can get behind is the fact that the Russians are the villains that, um, you know, we all thought that Ukraine would put up a very weak struggle. No, they have been um, literally embarrassing the Russian. uh, They're overmatched. They're outgunned. They are over, almost overpowered, but they're not going down without a fight. They're doing surprisingly well against Russia, embarrassing Vladimir Putin. Um, The world is going um, out of their way with the exception of China, uh, Abu Dhabi, the UAE, and perhaps Belarus. Belarus, Um, excuse me. What did you say? I said Belarus. No, that's the planet. That is the planet in in one of the solar systems. It's Belarus. Jesus, fuck. Um, But all joking aside, um, uh, it's the idea that just, you know, if there's anything is the fact that there is a very clear cut, at least here in America, where Russians are the evil bastards. Ukrainians are the freedom fighters. We need to support Ukraine at all costs that we can. Russia's getting canceled. How else can we show our support in the Ron and Brian podcast universe by celebrating the death of Russian soldiers. So in two weeks from today, we will be rolling it out. I'm sure that uh, uh, Matt Beaker, our um, excellent producer, will put together um, a intro just as good as dead anti-vaxxer of the week. We will be having dead Russian soldier um, of the week, and it's going to be fucking glorious. There you go. Uh, and and we don't, hold on, we don't celebrate death. Once no. again, we were just trying to point out that the death of 
uh, uh, Russian soldiers would be would would not have happened had this country not invaded an autonomous state. There you go. Um, big news uh, for Russia uh, as of midnight tonight. I don't know if it's midnight their time or midnight our time. Um, Interesting to know if I can cut you off, Ron. Of Russia ha- is so large that it encompasses ten time zones. It's big. It's big. I mean, imagine what daylight savings time uh, impacts a country like that. It's ridiculous. Everybody. So many people moving at a clock an hour. But also being impacted by a uh, a nationwide uh, block from Instagram. So if you are an Instagram user in Russia, of which there are about 80 million of them, um, you will no longer be able to access uh, the platform um, as of midnight. Also, I didn't realize this. Instagram had upgraded its hate speech policy to allow Ukrainians to share messages such as death to the Russian invaders. So uh, interesting little upgrade there to your Instagram. So um, but is Facebook blocked as well or just Instagram? Because I know that they're all they're both owned by Meta. They are both owned by Meta, um, but apparently it is only at this point um, uh, Instagram. Okay. What are your thoughts about this war right now, Ron? And I know we have several stories that we can get to, but just off the top of your head, you're a very learned man. You're a very yes. educated man. You are a slightly opinionated man. Um, what are, uh, what are what, what's bouncing through your brain in terms of what's going on? Um, what what is what is bouncing through my brain again? I mean, I think to your point earlier, I'm surprised that. Um, Ukraine has not been overrun. I think the the fight that they have put up, I think it's shown two things. I think it has shown that the resilience of the Ukrainian people is a lot more than I think anybody anticipated. And I also feel that the Russian military has degraded more than anyone had realized over the years. And it, it is sad because you've got these kids being sent from Russia to the Ukraine to die that, you know, apparently have no idea why they were going to the Ukraine, don't know what they're fighting for. And again, you know, you've got a country that overall does not want to be in this war. And so right. it's really just Putin and a few people in high places um, that want this to continue. Um, and the you would you would have to imagine the longer this goes on, the more difficult it will be for Russia to obtain a victory. Well, the, the the real definition is, um, you know, what is the definition? Um, what is the definition of a victory? Right. You know, is it is the victory for Russia that they um, obtain the uh, two provinces on the eastern wing of um, Ukraine to uh, secede from the country? Um, you know, is victory a complete overrunning of the uh, state and a puppet government put in place? What is the definition of victory? I mean, I think we we can all agree that this war has not gone the way Putin imagined or had been told it was going to be. You know, we make it seem as if, you know, he is just this, uh, you know, complete insane man sitting in a, in a palace. He is an insane man in a palace. Um, but the idea is just the fact that, you know, what lies were told to him in terms of what the military capability was going to be. You know, is it possible that he was told by the top um, Russian generals, oh, this is going to breeze. We're going to be in and out. Um, uh, we, uh, in four days, we'll be in Kiev. I cannot pronounce it as Kiev. To me, it's Kiev. But it's I have Kiev. an issue. It's like Kiev. Polaris. 
in Belarus. Um, but the whole idea is just the fact that, you know, um, uh, you know, one of the things that they're making a huge deal out of from what I've seen recently are the high percentage of Russian soldiers that are currently fighting that are conscripts. Meaning these are people that were drafted, forced into the armed services. So they have a very, you know, the, one of the one of the things that people have said as to why this war seems to be going the way of Ukraine is the fact that you've got people who have been forced into um, serving in the armed forces on the Russian side who are being sent off to this foreign land, as you said, not really being educated properly in terms of why this military um uh, uh, attack has taken place, and they're going up against people who are fighting for their homeland, right. people who are fighting for their families who are you know, not on the front lines to ensure that those people are not going to be overrun and killed. Um, so you know, the motive in terms of your average soldier is very different on the two sides. Um, I really point. don't know what point I was going after I made that first one, so I'm kind of hoping that you just jump in save me well great make- uh, great comment from billy uh kiev is the ukrainian way of saying it kiev is the russian way so this really i think will be how they gauge victory is how what will the pronunciation of the ukrainian capital be at the end of the war and that will really be who proves uh, what proves the victor i have an idea on how we can dec- how we can figure out who's the actual victor of this war okay starting tomorrow monday March 14th, if more Russians sign up to join the Ron and Brian podcast um, Patreon, what we call After Dark, I love the way you had that bumper lined up. You knew where I was going with it. If if more Russians join our Patreon than Ukrainians join, then I think it's it's very simple. Ron and Brian, we have to call the Russians as the winners of this uh, uh, military uh, uh, attack. However, if more Ukrainians join our podcast, so if you're watching this from Ukraine, remember, um, uh, you are fighting for your lives, and the only way to properly uh, defend yourself is to join the Ron and Brian podcast Patreon below. For as little as $5 a month, uh, uh, gets you the audio of the After Dark, where we set aside our our spicier, sexier stories. Ron drinks high alcoholic beers and tells stories of, you know, that maybe he doesn't want out there for the general public. Sure. Um, I might do product reviews of sex toys. Um, uh, I may uh, 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 do other things that embarrass myself. However, the only fair way, and I believe that the UN have uh, voted um, in agreement to this, is that at the end of the next seven days, if more Russians have joined our Patreon than Ukrainians, or vice versa, what we'll have to do is compare the two. Whoever has, has more people joining on um, that side has to immediately be declared the victor. All right. Sounds good. But the only thing worse than uh, than Russia's handling of this uh, this military uh, campaign against Ukraine, of course, is Better.com and how they handle employee relations. Um, they have made the news yet again. Uh, last year, you know, the top bra- the top boss uh, drew criticism for firing 900 employees during a Zoom call. Uh, where they were up to it again this past week, they were laying off just over 3,000 workers, uh, roughly 35% of their corporate workforce. Um, but uh, a lot of their employees uh, found out early because their severance checks uh, hit their direct deposit prior to them even being notified that they were uh, going to lose their jobs. 
I'm Brian, sorry. You're in HR, Brian. Talk to me as to how uh, ridiculous this is. This is absolutely insanity because the only reason to offer severance is to um, uh, is to offer a cash payout in exchange for the signing away of certain legal rights, i.e. the ability to sue a company. So to sit there and just send people, and in some cases, people got as much as 60 days severance. Right. I don't know about you, but I once got 60 days of severance, and I absolutely enjoyed my two months of paid leave. That was immediately followed by an utter sense of panic on day 61 when I realized I had zero income stream. (laughs) And I got very nervous and I was not able to work for several months and got depressed and needed some emotional support. But Ron and his wife were always there for me along with Paisley. Now, what's Um, interesting to me is Better.com is an online mortgage lender. And we are in the middle of one of the biggest housing booms in this country's history. Sure. That being said, how can you be a mortgage lender and not be doing well in this environment? Can I answer? Uh, you can. I would, because again, I'll tell they, you my theory. They, they blamed it on, they, they blamed the layoffs on the, the current real estate market and the raising of interest rates. But as as someone who is currently looking for a home to buy, I can tell you there is, the, the homes are still going ridiculously quick. So give me your take, Brian. Okay. Um, it is the world of startups. Um, you've got a lot of people who are um listen let's no matter how you look at it this country have it has a massive amount of wealth in um uh in its coffers um collectively um there are lots of companies with money that they need to invest that they cannot just simply let it sit in the bank and if it sits in the bank then the banks go out and invest that money they have to invest it somewhere this country has become a um uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a petri dish of um, startups, wherein you uh, uh, the business model nowadays is: you start a company, you immediately go out and obscure, uh, obscure, obscure. That's not even a word. You procure um, and obtain. Those were the two words that I just combined. I realized it just now. You um, you go out and procure venture capital, which is. You, uh, you go out there and you get angel investors, you get venture capitalists, you get people who are willing to write seven or eight figure checks to your company, even though you have barely started operating on the idea that you will become profitable at some time. The, the amount of money that is out there to be invested in, um, in startups is ludicrous. So what you end up having is... Um, WeWork was the worst example of them all. You get these companies that um, start up, raise money, get investors, and start acting as if they are hundreds of times, if not thousands of times, uh, 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 more profitable than they actually are. You cannot go on just burning cash forever. At some point, you are required to become profitable or people stop investing. When people stop investing, and you stop having those new um, inflows of cash, that's when these companies start to die. And because there's so many startups out there, the burn rate is so incredibly high. So that's why you've got a company like Better.com. First off, terrible name for a mortgage company. True. It seems you know, like it should be like a, like a, uh, like a therapy company or something. Yeah. Like that. 
to me, that's one of those where somebody went out and was just like, hey, let's just find a cool website. They probably paid seven figures for that website. Oh, without a doubt. You know, so it's just like, you know, these are the companies where, you know, you've got a lot of, you know, um, uh, uh, millennials, you know, working where, you know, they've there's lots of perks for working. Um, they do demand long hour and whatnot. But at the end of the day, the actual business cannot sustain the type of business spending that these companies do. And the the, um, uh, the burnout rate for these companies is so tragically high. So you end up with situations where you get 4,000 people who are going to be um, uh, uh, fired out of nowhere um, uh, and, and know about it before uh, uh, they should. All right. Um, so can By I- By the way, I love when I've talked way too much and you want to <laughs> change the subject because literally there is the- um, there's the absolute Ron pause of silence, mm-hmm. followed up by a dismissive, all right, and all then right. immediately followed with a with a completely changed tone of voice as you start as you start talking up whatever you're about to say. Well, I was going to throw a bit of a curveball at you because we didn't discuss this Bring it. prior to the show, and I, it's just it's this weird thought I had the other day. Uh, but I was curious as to if you had to create a candy bar Mount Rushmore, what would your four candy bars be? Okay, so we're saying what are my four candy bars that I think are elite? Yes, for yourself. They don't have to be a mass popular for the masses. They are your four personal favorites. Okay. And I can go first if you'd like, if you'd like to take a moment to think about no, it. No, 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 no. I am not prepared, but I, I I know three right off the top of my head. All right. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go. I, I've got my four. Okay. One is uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Okay. That is elite. Absolutely. Um, no potato chips. Right. Just no, the uh, OG Reese's Peanut Peace. Butter Cup. OG Peanut Butter Cup out of the refrigerator. It's right. got to be chill. Ooh, nice. Second, Butterfinger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Love a Butterfinger. Butterfingers um, uh, harken back to the days when you would just sit there and chew and chew, and it's just uh, so good. Also, I would go a hundred grand bar. Wow, the combination of the uh, the caramel, the chocolate, the little uh, Rice crispy like um, things mixed in—that gets it. And this one. I don't care what you say. Call me fucking boring, but the actual OG Hershey bar, also chilled, has to come out of the refrigerator. All right. Well, this may shock you. See, this just shows how simpatico we are. So uh, mine were Heath Bar. It would be my number one. I'm I'm big on the Heath Bar. Um, I would go Kit Kat. But then my other two would be Butterfinger. I'm right, right there with you. And 100 grand. Oh, really get out of here. We are, we are, we, it's amazing. Yeah. That's why we're such a good couple. Yeah. And ironically, neither of those um, uh, uh, companies are sponsor of the show, but no, we would accept their change. money if they were offering it. We would, we would definitely. Um, what else happened this week, Brian? Jesse Smollett uh, sentenced um, for his, uh, is faking of a hate crime uh, a couple of years back, sentenced to 150 days, I believe it was. Yep, yep. Your and he went bonkers when, fa- when, when told that he was going to jail. Started screaming, I am not suicidal. 
I am not suicidal, which pretty much is the the, the words of a suicidal man. <laughs> right. But like, I mean, first off, um, you know, I, okay. So there is a, so, so he's an actor on empire or what was an actor. He was, on empire. He was on empire. Yes. Um, uh, felt, uh, uh, went to the producers of the show, uh, saying that he had been receiving some hate mail and wanted them to give him a bigger role. So this way he could show the people who were giving him the hate mail that, um, that, uh, he was not worthy of their hate. Anywho. Uh, producer said no to that. Next thing you know, he is going to the Chicago Police Department um, with reports that he was assaulted um, at like 3 a.m. in Chicago on a on a brutal February morning when he was walking to a subway shop to get a sandwich by two white men wearing Trump MAGA hats who called him racial slurs while they poured bleach on him and tied a noose around his neck. <sighs> Horrible story. Yeah. Awful. Nobody should have to endure that. Except his story immediately starts to fall apart because people are wondering how many Trump, uh, uh, pro Trump uh, supporters are there um, with uh, nooses walking the streets of Chicago on 3 a.m. on a, uh, a wintry night. Um, and pretty much it comes out very quickly. That the uh, the two brothers from Africa who had been um, uh, training with him uh, uh, in the gym, uh, he had given them some money to uh, go ahead and do this. So um, they basically the, the, uh, charge him with uh, filing a, pol- a fake police report. The guy's guilty. I mean, just give up. <laughs> everybody. I mean, everybody was sitting there being like, just plead guilty. Yeah. Get some community service. Yep. Say you learned your lesson. This goes away. Save yourself from a trial. Just Jussie. Jussie is the name. Jussie. Jussie. Yes. Jussie. Just stop this. We need. We, we. No. This guy goes. No. I am. I. I this. I. I am the victim of a hate crime. He goes to trial. Pushes this all to trial. Literally. Um. Witness after witness comes out saying he paid me money to do this. This was not real. Found guilty. And this guy has the balls to stand up and say, I'm an innocent man. I am not suicidal. Clearly implying that he's going, uh, that someone's going to pull a Jeffrey Epstein on him. Right. Yeah. I, I Again, I, I agree with you. I mean, he, with all of the evidence and people that were going to testify against him, it's like, just, just take a plea deal. He probably could have, again, probably could have done house arrest, probably could have done probation. Um, and again, he was still facing three years in prison sure. and got, you know, and got what five months. So yeah. again, it, it could have been much worse. And he he rolled the dice and he lost, and and that's what it comes down to. And the thing is, he could have pled guilty and then gone and done a press conference saying, "I'm innocent of this." But from a legal perspective, when you get trapped in the system, it's just a smarter move. You plead guilty, you plead to a lesser charge. And, you know, you don't have to serve jail time. Where you know this is this is you know just the you know the trap. That um uh you know underprivileged uh you know uh, uh inner city males like the, the speech was already written for him yeah to to skate away with his head held up high after this and this guy refused to um go the obvious route went to jury got a very small sentence in the grand scheme of things but he's not okay with it 
No, he's going he's gonna to continue to shout about it. Uh, it could have been worse for him. He could have been uh, over in Saudi Arabia uh, mm-hmm. where they, uh, they killed 81 alleged criminals on Saturday. The largest mass execution uh, recorded in the kingdom's modern history. Uh, those who were killed have been convicted of a range of crimes, including murder belonging to militant groups like Al-Qaeda and backing Yemen's uh, Houthi rebels. Yemen's? Yemen's. Yemen's. Yemen? Documentary? Documentary? <laughs> Belarus? Belarus! <laughs> anyway. Uh, I should be yeah. keeping a list of your of your mispronounced words. I mean, don't get me wrong. I imagine every episode I have like eight of them. Um, so this was Belarus, announced by the state-run Saudi press agency. Uh, most of the slain prisoners were Saudis. Uh, while there were seven Yemenis and one Syrian who were also killed. Um, the accused were provided with the right to attorney, uh, according to the Saudi press agency, and were guaranteed their full rights under Saudi law, which do you really have any rights under Saudi law? I don't. I do not imagine so. Uh, so I guess in a, in a general question, Brian, your thoughts on the death penalty? Pro. Pro, okay. Um, unfortunately... We have yet to devise a system that is unbiased in the um, issuing of death sentences. I think that if you kill someone, you should go away. Um, if, if I believe, like I do, believe an eye for an eye. Can't help it. You know me. I've, I've read my Bible multiple times. Um, I'm a theologian. Okay, sounds about right. Okay. Theologian. Uh, Eulogian, Rice, Hoogie, Hoogie. Um, but the idea is, I do believe in an eye for an eye, and I believe if you take somebody else's life, you should absolutely, um, uh, 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 the law, uh, the law should be able to say that you have sacrificed the right to have yours. The problem I have is that it's not, um, is that our justice system, uh, here in America, and I imagine it's worse the further away you go, um. You know, it is still very much um, ruled by uh, wealth. If you are a wealthy person charged with, uh, you know, the death of another human being, you go out and you get some great lawyers who know how to fuck the system and uh, and and twist and turn it to your advantage. If you're somebody who does not have access to wealth, you're going to get a public defender who's, you know, stressed out over an, uh, being overworked with their caseload and is not going to be able to get you, uh, a, you know, a, a good legal defense. Um by comparison, um, right. so what you you end up happening is you know you still have uh, um, you've got a lot of uh, people in the uh, judge ships. Okay, judge. All right, we'll go with it. Um, you know, and and how many times have you seen stories where uh, you know uh, uh, white males who are accused of similar crimes get significantly less severe um, sentences than uh, minorities who are charged with the same type of crime? Um, so, you know, they, they say justice is blind. It absolutely is not, you know, so, so, um, you know, uh, opening up the, uh, you know, the, 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 the types of crimes that should be um, subject to the death sentence. It, I, I don't feel it's a society we're there yet, but I absolutely do believe in it. And your thoughts. Like, I, I want to say it like I believe Von L. Cook, Von L. Cook, All right. an old crusty white man walks into a Dunkin' Donuts and decides to berate the person who made him a cup of coffee, um, 
and 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 hurl out racial epithets. You know, does that person deserve to get you know to 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 fuck around and find out? Oh, he found out. <laughs> he certainly found out. He found um, out. Like you know, um, yeah. It's just uh, you know, until we can get our shit together as a society, it's hard to say that I am pro death penalty. But in theory, I love it. Your thoughts on uh, mass executions? It feels like mass mass executions suddenly um, become entertainment. You know, this was recorded. This was televised. Um, you know, in Saudi Arabia, they don't do these things. You know, uh, you know, in a in a darkened part of the prison where nobody can see, just a few witnesses that are pre-selected. You know, the, these are these take place in stadiums where where people are forced to go. Um, they want people to know that if you break the law, you are subject to death. Um, I would go. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if I'd go on StubHub to try and like upgrade my ticket. Right. Like if you I was get, in the lows, you get a general admission at the various le- at the very least. Yeah, but is it the kind of thing that I would show up four hours in advance so I could get a good seat? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But what I see, and these, this is just like the you know the. Um, you know, the devil's advocacy I play in my brain, like, would I be okay showing up in my general admission and ending up in the fourth tier? Where, like, you can't even see the blood spurts right. after the head's been chopped off. You just see a body slumping over. Like, I mean, would me, I be satisfied? For me, if you're going to an execution, I think you need a club box seat. Because I always enjoy oh. having my own bar and my own bathroom. Just That's just my take on things. Saudi Arabia, no alcohol. Ooh. It's a well, dry country. Yeah, there's no reason to to pay for the upgrade. Then you're going to be in a club box drinking uh, uh, soda. Uh, you know, maybe iced tea. You know, is it worth it? Is it worth the thousands of dinars? Sure. I'll is go that, that their currency in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> I'm actually going to look that up because I think I might be right. Hold on a second. I, I think uh, you yeah. might be right. Also, I mean, I will say you uh, you have a surprising pool of wisdom that you pull you pull from at times. No, wrong. It's the real, the Saudi real. But you sounded like you were right. And that's what's more. These days, it's more important to sound like you're right than to actually be right. So, you know what country uses the dinar? What's that? Kuwait. Ah, Close. So close. So close. Uh, Jumping down to Florida, uh, an Army football player was among those hospitalized in Florida after several West Point cadets overdosed at fentanyl-laced cocaine at an Airbnb party house. Mm. There's a lot going on there. I'm going to say this. I'm not pro-death penalty. (laughs) But if you go down to Florida for spring break, I'm just saying shit happens. Yeah. And but it's it's funny because, you know, these uh, these military academy guys are, you know, they're supposed to follow a certain code of conduct. And I'm going to say um, snorting fentanyl is cocaine does not fall into that code of conduct. They paid the ultimate price. So out of the six victims, two were in critical condition on ventilators, uh, two are in stable condition. One was in good condition and one victim was released. So they didn't die. That's the no one died yet, but I do, okay. I want to talk to the person that that snorted up some fentanyl laced cocaine and was able to just walk out of the hospital. Like that, my gut tells me a conversation with my gut tells me is he's the guy that takes the little key bump and then waits for everybody to look away and then goes like this, throws it <laughs> over his shoulder. He's like, oh, that was so good. He's the guy that clearly didn't do any of it and just mm. pretended to. 
Oh, so this is, uh, I didn't read through this entire story, but this is the mess. It's up always part. good, Ron, when you advertise at the 52 minute mark that you didn't prepare. <laughs> I haven't read always good. People love that kind of shit. So four of the, uh, the students, you know, immediately overdosed um, and friends who administered CPR um, got sick because they were exposed to the fentanyl. So these poor kids are performing CPR on their friends that are overdosing and they end up in the hospital because they ingest the fentanyl by doing CPR. Do you know, do you know CPR? Uh, I do. Yes. I, I take uh, I've had to take CPR class for work. Let me ask you a question. Yes. What? Um, okay. This is good. We're going to go off on a little tangent here. Sure. Hope you don't mind. All right. Under what conditions would you not perform CPR on someone? Me personally, for me, um, I mean, I don't know if it was, uh, if there was a lot of blood or vomit, like if that, if there was a possibility that, you know, I could get potentially very sick, but it's a tough call because you're literally right. trying to save someone's life at that point. All right. Let me throw out some scenarios. You tell me, would Ron perform CPR? So this is very Wait, much almost like what would Ron do, but would Ron it's almost like a Ron CPR. do Okay. You're at Del Frisco's enjoying <laughs> okay. a fine birthday dinner. Okay. And to the table next to you, a elderly man in the 60 to 70 age range um, uh, starts choking, turns blue. The Heimlich maneuver doesn't work. Does Ron perform CPR? Uh, well, no. If the Heimlich doesn't work, then the CPR is, is irrelevant at that point because the airway is blocked. So you let the man die, you cold <laughs> son of a bitch. Next scenario. Okay. Next scenario. You are driving the streets of North Philly looking for a transsexual prostitute. As you are, uh, 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 you know, negotiating with the woman um, who leaning over into your car, um, she immediately eyes roll back into her head and you see she crumbles to the floor. Do you take off in your car? Do you exit the car to perform CPR on her? I mean, I think I would have to perform CPR at that point. Really? Okay. Last but not Last least, you're, this is the third one. Okay. I know I, don't, I, I have a tendency of, dr of driving these bits into the ground. You have placed an order for groceries from Walmart Premium Plus. Right. You are sitting at home. You hear the doorbell ring, you go out and see the delivery person dropping the bags of groceries in front of your house. Immediately, you can tell that these are not your groceries because there are no bottles of grapeseed oil or avocado oil. All you see are Monster Mash uh, uh, cereal, and you also see Reese's Peanut Butter Cup with pretzel bits inside of them. As you are filled with rage, the delivery person's eyes roll to the back of their head. They fall to the ground and start convulsing. Does Ron perform CPR in that moment? I would have to do so because I feel if I let the delivery driver die, I would not be able to complain to uh, the company. I would have to save their life and be like, not only did I get the wrong order delivered, but I had to save your employee's life on top of that. So you would be doing that. So you would be saving the employee's life simply to ensure that you were going to get a refund for the price of your purchase. It would be spite CPR is basically what it comes to. Spite out. CPR. Wow. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> um, 
Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Good Thanks. for you. You perform CPR a lot more than I would. Um, so uh, one of our favorite new bits um, is our weekly local Facebook post of the week. Um, so we have some more again this week. Brian, I think we will start off um, with your local Facebook post of the week. So let's uh, let's pull this up on the screen here. And so uh, which uh, which group of yours is this from? This is the same Forest Hills Rego Park Facebook group that I am a member of. Okay. I will say this. I live, you know, one of the things that I love about living in Queens is is that it is the diversity. Um, it has people from all different parts of the world, all different socioeconomic classes, and clearly um, lots of different viewpoints. It is truly a melting plot of land. Did I say plot of land? I meant a melting pot of people. Um, and unfortunately, because of, uh, of the diversity, because of that, um, the stew of humanity that is Queens, you sometimes get issues where, where, where people aren't necessarily seeing eye to eye. So Brian Brooker, now, you know me, I love naming names. You try to keep the name, you try to protect the anonymity of people. I don't roll like that. We're going deep on this one. Okay. Brian Brooker decides, Hey, I think there's a Popeye's coming to Austin Street, which is, you know, uh, 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 an area in Forest Hills where there's lots of restaurants. Has there been any talk about bringing a Popeye's to Austin Street? I feel like at this point, Brian Brooker literally threw two dice down the craps table, took (laughs) out a little bucket of popcorn and decided, let's have some fun and see the comments roll in. And you got 125 comments. So, I mean, this is a lot. a lot of clout right here. A lot. Let's see. Let's start Let's start pulling up some of the – and I just – this is really just a way for you to see um, uh, the different type. Carol McDonald Mulvaney. Now, she's not even a hyphen. The, the McDonald Mulvaney, there's no hyphen there. She just goes straight with it. Did she change her name on her? Uh, uh, is this the way she appears on her driver's license? It's a lot of fucking letters and a last name. But Carol's not fucking around. Carol goes right to the core of her of, of her thoughts, which is Popeyes is a sign of low socioeconomic area. Once Ooh. again, what do we realize here about Carol? She doesn't fuck with the hyphen because everybody knows socioeconomic has a hyphen in between. But just like McDonald Mulvaney, no. Carol's going to hide her racism beneath the veil of a missing hyphen. This is the classic redirect. Use, uh, you know, incorrect uh, uh, punctuation and people aren't going to realize that I'm a racist. So she starts going right at the Popeyes as a sign of low socioeconomic. Why? Because because somehow she's trying to say that poor people eat fried chicken. Wrong. Everybody eats it. Let's go to the next slide to see what we have. Lori Rosen. I don't know. Maybe Jewish. <laughs> I hope not. Still praying for a Whole Foods. Why? Because somehow, because we're in Queens, we just deserve to overpay for groceries. They have great fried chicken and mac and cheese, among tons of other delicious foods, which are way overpriced and 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 and, and people can feel elite shopping at. But Lori Rosen makes you feel good. Thanks for chiming in with your two cents. What can else do we this? have here? If someone ever said to me, tell me you're white without telling me you're white, I would say, I think Whole Foods has great fried chicken and mac and cheese. (laughs) 
Not what they're known for. Here we go. Richard Santiago. Richard likes to use his middle initial, M, because we should all know it. He says, there goes the neighborhood. Three smiley faces. What's so fucking smiley about There Goes the Neighborhood? I mean, it was a great song by Body Count on their first self-titled album. But Richard Santiago, your racism isn't funny either. Next slide. What do we got? Here we go. John Chu. One of the joys I have with this bit, in all honesty, just to let people know. Um, uh, is I love mispronouncing the names of my neighbors. I really get a kick out of it. John Chiauzi says, I heard Woodhaven and Myrtle. Um, now, he heard, um, obviously, that's, you know, he's trying to push together Woodhaven and Myrtle because they got two separate from each other and need to be kept closer. So <laughs> John Chiat heard, I heard Woodhaven and Myrtle. These are the types of people that I share my neighborhood with. Let's keep going. We've got a couple more I want to get to. All righty. Melody Kazi. She decides to jump in with, and this is, she goes feet first into the deep end of the pool here. Why do people want to devalue this neighborhood? Oh. <laughs> so Glenda Alvarado pops in with, how does a neighborhood get devalued? I feel like Glenda's do, like shaking her neck. Like she's doing the little neck roll while typing this. Well, she's you can like, tell because of the number of uh, question marks at the end. It's a lot of question marks. How does a neighborhood get devalued with the opening of a Popeye's chicken? I'm genuinely curious. No, not I'm I, on team Glenda I right now. Just, I, I genuinely curious. I genuinely curious. With a emoji of a questioning the, the, the face. Thinking, the thinking emoji. Very thinking. Let's go to slide seven. Uh, Elizabeth Schur jumps in with a Dollar Tree would be cool. Now, keep in mind, at no point did the original commenter say, hey, I heard a Popeye's is coming into Austin Street. If you would prefer something else, please let us know what you think should be coming in. People on Facebook are fucking bonkers that they feel entitled to just jump in with a Dollar Tree would be cool. Oh, <laughs> like a Dollar Tree is any fancier than a Popeye. So you could just get like shit that's like, you know, fake plastic crap that's of low value. Um, Cesar Cabrera decides, hey, somebody already said it, but no, I need to be heard. My voice needs to be heard. The people must know what Cesar Cabrera says. He says, as if he's chiming in for the very first time, I hope they bring a Whole Foods. Mm. No, keep going. What else do we got? John Toradosh says, yeah, let's add more of the same generic franchise crap you can find in Dubuque, Iowa, to the world's most diverse borough. So I guess because we live in a diverse, a diverse borough, we're not allowed Popeye's fried chicken. No, you have to drive all the way to Iowa for chicken if you live in your neighborhood. Of course, that's it's the only logical move. Who are the people that hearted this post? I need to know. Are you fucking kidding me? Somebody they didn't even go with the thumbs up. They decided, no, no, no this one needs they to get the it. heart. They love you loved it. Um, <laughs> next one, what do we got? Agador Spartacus. I am Spartacus. And here we go with the health freaks, neighborhood soothsayers and real estate experts. I got to say, Agador, I'm on your side on this one. You already see the shit show that's coming down the pipe, and you're just like, what the fuck? Next one. 
Oh, by the way, Agador, just a little sense of foreshadowing. Agador is going to come back in a, in, in a later slide. <laughs> All right. Ali Kai goes, why? Not enough sickness in Forest Hills from eating cancer food? Well, you shouldn't be eating cancer food. Nobody's nobody wants to be eating cancer food. It's a, it's it's you know she's not really backing up with examples. What is technically um, cancer food? We want more information. Let's go to slide eleven. Agador comes back. Fuck you, Ali Kai. And he, well, he doesn't actually say that, but you can tell the tone. He goes, "Would you support a proposition for banning cancer causing food?" He calls her out. Is Allie like in politics of some sort? Allie doesn't respond because she's spineless, Allie. If someone (laughs) comes at you, you got to fight for yourself. Despite liking its taste, go buy it. And then look around at the surrounding area, says Mark Redlifson. Redlifson. Wow, you got the pronunciation on that right. It is the food of the end of an area. Or era. He knew he got the phrase wrong and instead of correcting it, just pointed <laughs> out that he got it wrong. Oh, I fucking love this shit. Like Winston Smith's last meal. Do you have any idea who Winston Smith is? I'm Googling it right now because I'm I, I'm curious. I feel like it's a reference I should get, but I didn't get. Um, he is a uh the Winston Smith says the American artist, illustrator, and cover designer, uh, probably best known for the artwork that he did for the dead Kennedys. Fuck Mark Reddle Red Reddle Red Redlifson. <laughs> Bizarre reference. Let's move on. I feel like we got a good one coming up. We're gonna close this out with Cheryl Wasserman because the Jews in my neighborhood really have been not heard in this post. The Jews need to speak up and let it be known. What do the Jews want for forest sales? And she's in favor of having a nice glatt kosher affordable restaurant on Austin Street. Can we find some kosher food common ground here? Maury Foman? I don't know who Maury Foman is, but somehow (laughs) Cheryl Wasserman is just dragging his name into this conversation because he needs to be referenced. Now, keep in mind, let's go back to that very first slide. All the person said was, hey, I heard that a, a, a Popeye's is coming to Austin Street and my fucking neighbors just go bonkers on this stuff. Oh, if I can also clarify, let's go back to this slide about Winston Smith. Uh, Winston Smith was also the lead character in George Orwell's 1984. So that is apparently what the reference is to. Okay. (laughs) Well, Brian, can I bring to you my uh, Facebook page? I expect you to. I expect you to. So we are going. I also expect you to do a better job than I did. (laughs) So we are going to Elkins Park Happenings where Betty uh, just put something out there. Neighbors, if a package gets left in front of your door by Amazon, UPS or any other carrier and it does not belong to you, please return it or at least try getting it to the person to whom it belongs, especially if they live in walking distance. Don't keep it like it's yours. So clearly, Betty has lost some packages, and she is reaching out to the neighborhood. And again, I don't think it's an unreasonable request. I, I think nope. it's you know pretty standard stuff. Uh, so Linda hops in. That seems like such obviously appropriate behavior. It would not need repeating, but dot, dot, dot. And then she uh, follows up a day later saying, just so everyone knows, it is wrong to keep something that doesn't belong to you. 
That seems like a no-brainer to me, but after reading the comment about not being able to get big companies to correct their mistakes, it's easier to see multiple layers of problems here. Hope the op bought from a company that will reship her order. Hope we fight to avoid privatization of the Postal Service. Wish the world wasn't falling apart. Sigh. Uh, Thomas just popping in to say, this needs to be said? Question mark. Well, Patty says, it does need to be said. A package of mine was delivered, but I didn't get it. Hope you enjoy my pictures as my wall is still bare. Debbie also, agreed, needs to be said. I ordered an electric fryer and it was delivered to someone other than myself. Cursing emoji. So I hope whoever you are, you're enjoying eating healthy on my dime. Clown emoji. Amazon is always mixing addresses up. And yes, I deliver it to the host, the house where it belongs. Thumbs up emoji, house emoji. I'm sensing a little I'm better than everyone else from Debbie over here. <laughs> uh, Elliot, yeah, forget about that finder, keeper, loser, weeping crap, which confuses some people. So Neil is like, Elliot, help me out here. Are you saying that it's perfectly all right to keep a package wrongly delivered? To which yes. Neil responds, Many people follow that plan, to which Neil yeah. responds, so I hear. And then Aaron says, Neil, reads like the opposite to me, which I agree. And then Steve really finishes things off by saying, Neil, I suggest reading all of the comments on this Elkins Park Happenings group. You will get a much more accurate picture of your neighbors and community. In the past few years, we have seen that a fairly large percentage of Americans are full of hate, bigotry, and more. And unwill, unable slash unwilling to disagree with their neighbors without insulting them. Reading all of the comments will show you that Elkins Park and surrounding area is no exception to this. Mind you, this all started from a woman just saying, hey, if you get a package delivered to you that isn't yours, maybe try and get it to the right person. And then Steve takes it to the point of, we are just as fucking horrible as every other community in the United States right now. Um. It, but this is, I think, what makes this so wonderful is that by the very nature of people um, posting on Facebook, it is this, um, you start with a very uh, uh, specific topic with your comment yeah. and just watching, um, it, it really is a mirror of the American society in watching how the comment section degrade into this natural um, uh, argument that in so many cases does not need to be argued. Um, my question for you is this, Rod. I know that you're a better person than me, so I'm already <laughs> advertising where I stand on this issue. But um, you get a package that's not, you get a package delivered to your door that's not yours. Right. Um what is the proximity to your home that you are willing to go drop it off? That's a good question. I mean, if it was within a few blocks, I would probably, I would probably drop it off. What happens if it's more than just a few blocks? Then I, I might reach out to uh, like what people do a lot in, in our Facebook group is say, Hey, I've received a package from XYZ. Does someone know this person? Oh. Maybe just reach out to whoever shipped it and be like, Hey, this package came to me and it's not uh it's not mine. Okay. I will say this. I will answer the, you know, I think it's only fair that I answer the same question that I ask. Um, if it is somebody in my apartment building 
and their package has been left in front of my door, I will bring it to their apartment and put it in front of their door. Um, I have on occasion, if I've come home and had a few alcoholic beverages and been slightly inebriated, I will, um, when I check my mail, if I see that there are packages on the floor, sometimes, you know, in a, in a, in a feeling of I'm a nice person, I will pick up that package and bring it to the door of the, um, uh, of the people whose apartment it is. Nice. Um, if it is a different address, meaning the building next to mine right. that I that has been delivered to my doorstep, um, I a hundred percent will open it and see what it is. If it's something I want, I absolutely <laughs> fucking keep it. Um, if I don't want it, I will then uh, uh, two years ago would have just put it in the garbage. Now what I do is I leave it out on the windowsill um, outside uh, uh, my apartment. Um, and see if anybody wants to take it. Recently, oddly, speaking of packages, I was actually delivered a package by a knife vendor that I never ordered. And mm. going on their website, it was a $250 knife. And did you keep that? I kept it. I have no need for it. I've tried to give it away to people at work, being like, hey, you're into hunting and shit like this. Like, I mean, I'm not joking. Like, it's a fucking hold on, I'm gonna go get it for you. Keep talking, Ron. <laughs> well, and again, I'm I'm disappointed in myself because there was another Facebook post earlier in the week that would have been much better and it, it clearly got taken down. It was it was a gentleman who uh, was moving to our neighborhood and posted like a full body shot of himself and was like, Hey, my name is whatever. I'm moving to Elkins Park. I'd like to meet new people, friends, whatnot. And it was a mix of people saying, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. And but a huge portion of people just eviscerating him and saying, this isn't Tinder. Ah, crikey. That's enough. Look, it's got like an ivory handle. Look at the night. Look at the handle on this thing. I mean, this is absolutely insane. Yeah. I should not be trusted with something like this. <laughs> it comes with a very nice leather uh, handle. Whatnot. Nobody wants it. I don't know what the fuck to do with this thing. Um, so it's just Listen, sitting in a box. When the zombie apocalypse happens, you're going to want that. Really, I'm waiting for my nephew to turn 18 and I'll give it to him. I'll just tell him that like it was a family uh, uh, heirloom that's been handed down from generation to generation. Are we done with the show, Ron? I think so. This is this is we've 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 packed in seventy five minutes of entertainment yes. um, in this free episode, um, and now we have to get ready for after dark, uh, which is to our great uh, Patreon subscribers. We actually did pick up a Patreon subscriber during this episode, uh, so very exciting that we have grown by an additional person. Um, they did come in at the five dollar level, so they will not have access to the live show, uh, but they will get. Uh, the follow-up uh, email with the video and audio of the After Dark, because you do need to subscribe at the bronze level uh, to get the live access to After Dark, which will start uh, in 15 minutes. So thanks to all for joining us. Um, is there uh, is there anything else really to say, Brian, or have we have we said enough this week? Um, I think. Uh, listen, we we we've 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 laughed, we cried, we've paid proper homage to uh to our 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 our, our missing mascot mm-hmm. um we've we've discussed ukraine uh i think it's uh i think what what else could we be doing right now other than saying to the world you're welcome yep well thanks to all for joining us uh brian love you my friend 
Love you too. And uh, oh, next week we will have a very special episode of the Ron and Brian podcast because I will be on vacation. Brian is going to uh, run this jam all by himself. So there is a lot that could be happening. Special all bets guest. are off. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to have a guest host. Don't know what's going to happen, uh, but keep your eyes and ears open. I have a feeling next Sunday night is going to be lit. Um, I, uh, oh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well then let's roll out of here and get ready for after dark. Brian, my friend, always good to be doing this show with you. Always. See you in a few minutes. And for everybody else out there, um, take care of yourselves, love one another, be good to one another, do good this week in the name of Paisley and have a great week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.